Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos comic book club. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I review a comic book, new or old, from my collection. But because it's the end of the month, it's time for a comic book haul. This is the episode where I talk about all of the comic books I picked up at the end of the month from my local comic shops. That means you've got to watch the video version of the podcast. Head on over to youtube.com slash vmcampos and you'll find the video there. Or listen in and imagine the comics I bought. Starting off with Marvel, I picked up King in Black number one variant. This is the Peach Momoko cover. So Peach Momoko, of course, is like the big name, the big artist of 2020. Her art is amazing. I've been picking up her books whenever I can. So I got the King in Black variant. Now, the barcode over here says it's uh, 00122, so it's the uh, second printing, is that correct? Or is this, or, or were there like 22 covers here? Sometimes Marvel uses that final digit as like variant covers. So it's issue one, variant 22 or something? I don't know what it is. Anyway, it's Peach Momoko, King in Black. Here's another Peach Momoko cover. This time it's Spider-Woman. This is number five or legacy number 100. So a Momoko cover of Spider-Woman. I love these, love the energy, love her style. This barcode over here says 00519. So usually the last digit means printing. This is not the ninth printing, is it? It's probably like the 19th variant cover. That's probably what that is. Issue number five, Peach Momoko. And lastly, on the Peach Momoko trip, we've got Spider-Woman number seven or Legacy 102 variant. This is the nullified variant. I love this one. Um, we've had Venomized, Carnage-Eyes, and now we've got Nullified. Uh, so all the heroes are nullified. And here we have a Peach Momoko variation on that. Now this one says 0731. So yeah, first first printing, that, that final digit definitely means first printing. Third variant and then issue number seven. So I don't know what those other ones were all about on that final digit. But here's um, one more. Uh, Peach Momoko covered. Uh, what do you think about them? Tell me about there in the comments. Do you like her work? Because I know that the correct answer is yes, that you do. All right, I was catching up on the, the latest Thor run. Uh, so here I got the sixth printing of Thor number two, the Donny Cates joint. So pretty cool black and white cover. Then I also asked the shop to get me issue number five. I was missing that one. So we all know what happens in this issue, no spoilers. And right here I had to get the fourth printing of it. I don't have the first printing of that. And then lastly, I got the uh, issue number seven, second printing. So big changes happening with Thor right there in, in this new interesting series after Jane Foster uh, gave up the mantle and then Thor returns as the Herald of Thunder. So I was picking up the, the issues that I was missing with very high print numbers up here. So money in the bank. Next, we've got Last Remains uh, storyline of Amazing Spider-Man 54. I could have sworn, is there like a variant of this cover with like reflective eyes or something? Um, anyways, uh, this is um, issue number 54 of Last Remains. I'm not loving Last Remains. I think it's way too depressing, way too violent. Um, it's not the classic Spider-Man that I love, but... Uh, we'll see how uh, we'll see where Nick Spencer keeps taking us. So I've read it up to 54 and I've also gotten 55. So we'll see what happens there. Um, amazing cover here with 55, this black and white. This is a uh, variant number, just the first, the first variant, the first regular cover. This is first regular cover as well. So I got Spider-Man 54 and 55, part of the Last Remains story. 
cliffhanger after cliffhanger, right? And then we'll see the result of this latest cliffhanger, um, which also made me scream no, just like Peter at the end of this. Star Wars Dr. Aphra number five, uh, volume two, right? Um, so I'm just following along to see what's going on with the adventures of Dr. Aphra and trying to get those rings, whatever they're called again. Um, so pretty cool cover. I've been enjoying the covers. I've been enjoying the story. Dr. Aphra's cool. I have her first appearance, of course, in Darth Vader number three, the English version and the Spanish version. That's worth 20 times as much, I bet. Anyway, this is the fortune and fate power play and the culmination of this plot line right here. Are you hooked on Strange Academy as well? I've been enjoying it. I went back and got issue number one and started to read them. I like the, you know, the diverse characters, the interesting cast, the story and all of that. So I got issue number five. I also got number six. Uh, both of these are the variants. These are the Arthur Adams variants. Yeah, Arthur Adams. And who did that one? Um, but anyway, I got Five and six out of Strange Academy. This has been a pretty enjoyable series with a variety of characters that you can totally relate to, even though they're more magical than you ever will be. I'm not reading Wolverine, but I couldn't resist the 350th issue of The Best There Is. Now, do you really believe the legacy numbering on some of these um, characters that have had a variety of series? Because I know that the original, that there was a series of Wolverine that definitely went up to 100 issues. And then, of course, do they count the original four-issue series and then a bunch of other Wolverines here and there? What about Old Man Logan and so forth? I don't know. Anyway, this is 350. I don't know what's going on in this plot line, but there's like some evil guy that looks like a, a chonky Wolverine and, um, yeah, stabbing him in the chin. And, of course, this is the parental advisory. And number eight, Legacy 350, Wolverine. I kind of like that, that they're doing the X um, as part of the logo on these variety of X books. Uh, it's kind of like a little minor thing that I kind of like. All right, well, we've got the Walking Dead Deluxe. I caught up on the recent ones. I got issue number one, of course. Then there's issue number three and then issue number four so far. Now, I think there's a little mistake here because um, what they've been doing is I wanted to get the Tony Moore covers, the recolored Tony Moore. So I got issue one, Tony Moore, issue two, Tony Moore. And the back, it tells you, here's the original Tony Moore art. Okay, there it is. I was not able to get the Tony Moore issue number uh, three and here's the here's the problem well I'll show you in a moment if you go to issue number four it's also not Tony Moore um, but on the back it shows here's the original Tony Moore art so he was if you didn't know he was the original artist of Walking Dead and he was there just like the first seven issues interior arts he did covers for like uh, 12 issues in total or something but here's the mistake uh, this seems to say here original cover issue number two this is obviously issue number three but it's telling you this is the original cover of number two, just like number two is telling you here's the original cover of number two. I think they misprinted that, right? Does your copy have that properly? I tried to look at other ones on the shelf and I'm pretty sure they all had the same error that they are telling you issue number two, but it's issue number three. And then issue number four, which is the latest one, uh, that one is correct right there. So that's pretty interesting. Anyway, I got all of those. It's a recolored version of the original story. And it's also got a lot of like behind the scenes back matter at the very end. And supposedly these will never be collected in any sort of omnibus or compendium or anything. So if you want to see The Walking Dead in color, you've got to get the singles. So that's going to be pretty cool to see the first introduction of Michonne and the governor and everyone and Negan again. So Walking Dead Deluxe. 
Kevin, the clerk at the shop, uh, recommend, no, not Kevin Smith, uh, recommended me um, Firepower. So there's another Robert Kirkman joint. Uh, he was really hyping me on it, and it was really interesting how the full trade was released as a prelude before the original, the ongoing series. And so it's a new Robert Kirkman uh, epic right here on the ground floor. I'm loving the Department of Truth so much. These covers are utterly amazing. The interior art is as epic as that as well. This weird sort of scratchy, just weird, amazing interiors by Simons. This is issue number four. I have issue number one, second print. Issue number two, first print. Issue number three was sold out, so I don't have issue number three. And there was a cliffhanger after issue number two. So I got to get that before I read this one. And these covers are, ju they just give me so much of an X-Files vibe, which I love the X-Files. And basically the plot is, what if every conspiracy theory you've ever heard of is true? And uh, this character that got recruited uh, into this uh, Department of Truth. So uh, totally check this out if you can get any of the issues, wait for the trades or whatever. But this is a hot book by James Tiny Onion the fourth homesick pilots this is horror meets punk rock so i got issue number one as well as the um concert poster variation i believe that's what they called it so love both of these covers and browsing through the book it's uh pretty cool so far can't wait to read it completely so it's horror plus music very interesting and this one's over from image issue number one Moving over to Dark Horse, it's the uh, final issue. I believe it's four issues or five. How many is this? Uh, I gotta check. Anyway, uh, issue number four of Spy Island, a Bermuda Triangle Mystery. This has been a very enjoyable book. It's like a pastiche of various types of genres. Mystery, James Bond, Supernatural. And then there's this like, really interesting back um, ads. Now enjoy orgasms on the go. You just know it's going to be good. Now this is the this is a this is a type of alcohol sparkling orgasm. So um, yep, hilarious. It's like this vintage '60s style of photo on the back plus this ad, and then on the front it's this beautiful art as well. So I'm totally enjoying this series. I think issue four is the last one. Maybe there's issue five, but I got the latest one. Another Dark Horse book, we've got Overwatch, Tracer, London Calling. So I got the variant cover here, Babs Tar. She does the interior arts. I love Babs's work a lot. Um, but the variant cover is uh, is her cover. There's a different artist as the main cover, and then Babs does the variants. Mariko Tamaki uh, from Monstrous, I believe, is uh, doing the, the writing. So uh, I, I wanted to start with an issue number one. I love this cover. I love Babs's work, so I'm sold. Never played the game in my life, however. All right, so here we have a collab between Dark Horse Comics and IDW, and uh, we've got Stranger Things and Dungeons and Dragons. So I think Dungeons and Dragons is part of IDW and Stranger Things is part of Dark Horse. That, that's how the collab is. So um, I got the variant covers, which has each of the characters as their D&D &D character. So I love that. I got issue number one and number two. Dustin is amazing. Um, I asked the shop to get me number three, and I 
Thought number four was supposed to come out this week. Oh yeah, I remember they said that their shipment was a little late, so I guess I'll get it the next time. But I'm getting these four issues, especially for these covers. Just love these covers. They need to go on my wall. They're so amazing. All right, so IDW proper. Uh, we've got Usagi Ojimbo number 15. Now, when I previewed this comic for my new comics coming soon video, um, I had noted that in the corner box, it says Sakai and Hi-Fi. It has said Sakai and Luth since the first issue. Tom Luth has been um, Stan Sakai's colorist for decades. He was always coloring his covers at least. Then after Usagi Ojimbo went to full color when they moved over to IDW with volume four, whatever it currently is, volume three, um, Tom was coloring it until issue 14. Apparently, Tom has retired now. When I saw that his name was not in the corner box on that video, I noted, is he okay? Did he pass on? Like, what happened? So Stan tweeted, or he put somewhere on social media that, that Tom is retiring. And so issue 14 was the last Tom Luth colored um, Usagi Ojimbo comic. I'm not sure if he colored other comics. But maybe, you know, doing a monthly Usagi comic, fully colored, was, uh, was, was a bit of a challenge and time to retire. So good luck to you, Tom Luth. I hope you have a great retirement. Now we're getting colors by Hi-Fi, which I believe is a collective. I don't think it's an individual. And so we've got issue number 15 of the series. This is like the most violent Usagi cover I've ever seen. There's actually full blood here. One of the things I note about Usagi Ojimbo when I review it is like there's never any blood, even though he's cutting down everyone. Here on the cover, we have a dead guy at the bottom of the stairs in a huge pool of blood. The blood is still on Usagi's blade. Uh, he didn't wipe it off like a true samurai, I guess. I don't know what's going on, um, Ronin. Uh, but yeah, this is the latest Usagi book, number 15. A side story, or Gaiden, is uh, Usagi Ojimbo Wanderer's Road. This is reprinting classic Usagi Ojimbo stories from back in the, probably in the Fantagraphics um, age. It does look like classic Usagi art. Um, and um, the covers are by Peach Momoko. So Peach Momoko makes another appearance in the hall right here. This is issue number two. I got number one last time. I like that cover a little bit better. But here we have the snow, the wandering samurai ronin, Peach Momoko cover. IDW is publishing this series, The Comic Book History of Animation. This is by Fred Van Lent and Ryan Dunlavey. This is the third collab they've had, where previously they talked about the comic book history of comics, the comic book history of manga, I believe. And now we've got animation. So I love this series. It's such a dense series. It's a great history book. Um, I believe it's probably four or five issues long, and it's all about the history of animation. Here we start with the silent era. Uh, Felix the Cat, Otto Mesmer... Uh, Coco the Clown, Gertie the Dinosaur, etc. Walt Disney, of course. And check this out if you love animation and you love historical types of comics. This is a great series so far by these creators. IDW's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 112. So this has been an epic series so far. I've started to read it regularly now. Jenica is part of the team. Uh, love the art on this. And so it's the latest issue, 112. You, you, you really have to go back several issues to really know what's going on right here. So don't jump into it. Just issue number 112. Go back. Uh, go back to 95 when Jenica becomes a Ninja Turtle. But that one's totally sold out and too valuable. 
Speaking of Jenica, here we have uh, Jenica Volume 2, Issue 2, so her solo series, um, Requiem, not Requiem, what's the other name? Um, prologue, not Prologue, Epilogue, I don't know, it's Issue, it's uh, Volume 2, Issue Number 2 of her previous uh, series. Who did this one? Bram Ravel. I know um, Eastman also has done some of these covers and they're always really cool, so the latest Jenica book. Here's another collab uh, between uh, DC Comics and IDW, but I believe this is officially published through IDW as per the credits. So Sandman Universe Lock and Key. This is the Sandman plus Lock and Key universes coming together. This is issue number zero, so it's actually reprinting uh, previous stories and then they actually will come together in the new series in 2021. So it's kind of a kind of a hefty book. And uh, I got this uh, to kind of get on the ground floor of what's coming soon. Moving over to Dynamite, we have Amparella, the Dark Powers. Uh, here we have Amparella as part of a superhero team from the Dynamite Heroes, which were, I believe, originally public domain. We've got the Black Terror and other characters that have kind of like really gone extinct years ago. And now they're the part of the IDW roster. So here's the amazing Joseph Michael Linsner cover. There's 10 million covers, as always, for Dynamite. It's funny to look at when you look up over at comics.org and you look up the various Dynamite books, especially the Vampirella or Red Sonja books. It says seven issues published with 145 covers. So literally, there are like 20 or more covers per series, per, per issue of the series. So I got this one because it's freaking epic. There's like a weird Terminator sort of thing with lasers and then skulls. And then there's Draculon, um, Vampirella's planet. Uh, Vampirella in her other classic outfit, the one that uh, the one that is a little bit more chaste, but still shows everything and with her amazing thigh-high boots and everything. Yeah, and it's a classic Joseph Michael Linsner style from, you know, Cry for Dawn style that he's been honing for 30, 30 years or so. Vampirella, the Dark Powers, number one. Another artist that I love a lot is, uh, what's his first name? Arthur Soydem, I believe. Anyway, Soydem. Um, he's best known for a lot of like the zombie covers. He also did the zombie variant covers for uh, Dynamite. And here we have Red Sonia, The Price of Blood, number one, uh, issue one here. So beautiful cover. Red Sonia, badass as always, very painterly style with like weapons and skulls and just seating, sitting re regally on a chair and bathed in golden light with like some beautiful darkness behind her to really accentuate her. Um, I, I would have liked her red hair to pop out a little bit more, but you know, it's there in the, in the darkness. So it's another uh, Sonia adventure. Uh, I think it's just gonna be another short sort of series. Uh, get in on the ground floor if you're into the She-Devil with a Sword. Finally got my my uh, my copy of the first uh, issue of Something Is Killing the Children, the the big uh, hot series that uh, everyone is loving and is incredibly valuable. No, it's not the first printing. It's the local comic shop uh, day variant. So it's this beautiful shiny foily version. Watch out, you're gonna get blinded by it. Um, so I wanted to get this. Uh, issue number one, obviously, the first printing is the one of Big Bucks, but James Tinney and the Fourth's work, everyone loves it, and I wanted to start to read this. So they had one at the shop. It's the local comic shop version, nice and foily, like back in the 90s, so good stuff. The Expanse, number one. I think I got this as a, as a gift from my brother. He's into The Expanse. Um, I've never seen an episode, although I got some free swag at Comic-Con years ago when they first announced it. 
announced it and I ate at the special The Expanse Cafe. It was very overpriced, but the food was futuristic. Anyway, so this is um, a four issue series to tide you over be before season five. I'll probably read it and then give it to him so you can check it out. It's really cool uh, cover. This is variant cover number two with some beautiful purples and greens, very stylized sort of cover. So, so have you seen the show? Tell me about it in the comments. Mighty Morphin number one. Um, this is the uh, second printing. So we've got sort of like this design style. Is that what they're calling it? Blueprint style, design style, whatever they're calling it. So it's a new series. There's Mighty Morphin. And then there's also another series, Power Rangers. Uh, I believe I already have Power Rangers, but here's Mighty Morphin. It's number one. It's the second print. If it's a second print, that means this series is going doing pretty well. So uh, I'm going to check out at least issue number one right here with... Number one, moving over to Ablaze. So this is issue number two. Uh, I didn't get issue number one previously, but I asked them to, to look into it. So um, Unsacred, num uh, volume two, number two. I need number one. So I really enjoyed Unsacred, the first volume. If you remember months ago when I first reviewed issue number one, I sort of didn't love it, but then it grew on me. The art is really cute. Mirka and Dolfo's art, I love it. The story is really fun. We've got Damiano, a devil, and Angelina, an angel. And in volume one, they were falling in love. They were courting. They were dating. They were celibate. And then eventually they did the dirty. And then they got married. And then the series ended uh, with them being married and expecting a child. Spoiler alert for a series that's already fully collected. But anyway, issue number two is now taking place a few years later and their trials and tribulations as parents. So that's all I know about it. In volume two, I need to get number one and then I can start to enjoy number two. Next up, The Sumerian, The Frost Giant's Daughter. This is number one, another ablaze book. And it loves to remind you, Robert E. Howard's Savage Hero Uncensored. So this is the public domain Conan. This is the European printings. This is the American printings of European stories of the Sumerian, a.k.a. Conan. And there's a bunch of variant covers for this. I got one of these right here that shows off a lot of cheek of the Frost Giant's daughter. There was also the Peach Momoko variant, the main cover, I guess, that I didn't get. But um, this is a new Sumerian story. I browsed through it. The art is amazing. I like Didier Cassegrain's art a little bit more than than this uh, than than Robin. Oh, but actually, Robin Recht um, did the the writing off of Howard's writings, and then the art. So that's kind of cool, writer artist sort of thing. And this is the Sumerian number one Frost Daughter's giant, jo Frost Giant's daughter number one. Yeah. Did you pick up We Live number one? Well, you've got a chance to pick up the third printing. This is the third printing here. I was able to get first printing just by walking into the shop last time, last month. And uh, here I wanted to get the third printing. Of course, I need to get the second printing to have them all complete. And this is a story about a post-apocalyptic world where we have to rescue the children, take them to the drop site. Uh, the team has to take the children, but there's a dangers along the way, of course. And it's a ruined world of the future. This is a fold-out cover. It's got three panels. Uh, which is really cool. And then also it's got QR codes for you to scan to listen to music, original music composed for the comic. And it really sets the stage. So uh, check it out. This is from the Miranda Brothers in Spain from Aftershock. 
Gold Digger number 277. Congrats to Fred Perry for having such a long-running series. This is surpassing many other long-running series, independent series, that is. Um, Spawn is at 312 issues or whatever, and Savage Dragon reached 250. But Gold Digger is at 277, which I believe excludes the original four-issue limited series. So 277 issues. Uh, Knights of the Kitchen Table is also up there pretty high. So props to the independent creators that have been chugging along for decades on their creation and reinventing them as time goes on. Antarctic Press, 35 years. Congrats on that too. Next up, Night Hunters, issue one. And this is from Floating World Comics. Never heard of them, but I got this book as soon as I saw it on Previews World, I called, I let the comic shop know, uh, get this book for me, because obviously this is very low print run. No one knows about this book. And I got this because of Alexa Ziriti. I love Alexa Ziriti's work. It's like this grungy, underground comics, adult swim, weird, gross style that is amazing that you don't see in comics anymore. I forgot what the plot is about, something about the future and weird stuff happens. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, Alex, Alexa Ziriti, um, because he did uh, Space Riders, and I loved that one so much. So glad to get another Ziriti helmed book. And lastly, one more Peach Momoko cover. We have Blade Runner 2029, issue one from Titan. So this takes place 10 years after the Harrison Ford uh, movie. And we have a new Blade Runner that uh, she is trying to um, eliminate the, the replicants. What do you call them? Retire the replicants. And it's just more stories in the world of Blade Runner. So I got the Peach Momoko cover and I got the cosplay cover. So very cool cosplayer here with the weapon and everything and a little bit of rain. Would have been nicer to catch a little bit more of the rain. But anyway, beautiful, nearly monochromatic cosplayer photo on that and then the peach momoko cover so that's from titan and it's issue number one blade runner 2029 and that was this month's comic haul what did you think what did i miss what should i be reading tell me all about it in the comments don't forget to like share subscribe comment all that good stuff i really appreciate it or consider heading on over to patreon.com slash vmcampos and pledging. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll unlock exclusive stuff like giveaways. At the $2 tier, I'll actually mail you some comic books in appreciation for pledging. And it also lets me know as a creator that you appreciate my stuff. If you like my videos, my podcasts about comic books, video games, Magic the Gathering, all that stuff, even a $1 pledge is amazing so consider doing that patreon.com slash vmcampos if you can't quite pledge at the moment no worries simply follow on patreon and you'll be alerted to everything that i do about everything that you like patreon.com slash vmcampos this has been the weekly vmcampos comic book club and i'll see you next week <laughs>